failure is a part of success. That's a lot of analogies I do with trying to think of social media content all the time, but it's almost like failure is a prerequisite. That's a tough one. I said that prerequisite. You did great. To succeeding. You're not going to succeed unless you fail. I promise. I yep. promise. I promise. Every successful person you can think of, whether you look up to your parents or your boss or another real estate investor or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or or me and you, yep. regardless of who you look up to, I promise, I promise they failed and they failed a lot. The more that they succeeded, the more they failed. Yeah. So just in my mind, knowing that this person you look up to failed a ton, just you're in the room, you're in good company. You're in the company of failures yeah. who succeeded. So just knowing and having that mindset that failure is okay is I think a huge thing that's kind of hard for people to wrap their arms around. But once they do it, it can really open the doors. You're listening to the Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth Podcast. Hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls. Investors, entrepreneurs, and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. Welcome to episode four of our podcast. My name is Sam. And I'm Lucas. We're excited to talk with you today about our three worst deals. We've screwed up a lot, but uh -huh. these are the first three that came to my mind of things we screwed up and lost money and, spoiler alert, almost quit real estate. I almost did because of our third screw up. So you're telling me that every deal we've done hasn't been perfect? Not every single one. No. Not every just, just these three bad ones. That's it. No, I said we screwed up a lot. So these are the top three. These are the top three of a long list, but we don't want to make this podcast, this specific episode, five hours. We're going to keep it to our 20, 25 minutes, and we're going to just go over the top three. Top three. And uh, two of them are, you know, fix and flips that we did, uh, rehabs that we went to sell, and some mistakes that we made and why we ended up losing tens of thousand dollars on each one. And then the last one has a little bit to do with uh, refinancing and how we messed that up and had to come out of pocket a lot on the back end of it. Yeah. And before we get into the mistakes, I would just want to say that we tend to take massive action and figure yeah. it out later. And I still looking back, I think that's the best approach. I think all of these mistakes, our mistake percentage in my opinion, is extremely low or our large mistake, you know, the big scripts uh, percentage compared to what we've done is extremely low. Um, I can't think of a ton more big mistakes than these top three. We probably have, you know, a good, you know, handful or two, but taking massive action, you're going to screw up. You're going to learn on the job and you're not going to do things efficiently. That's okay. That taking massive action has got us to a point there's been some hiccups along the way, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a point in time where you, you were not okay with that. It was so funny just going back. And, I, and I've always looked at this, like you said, is, you know, they're mistakes, but we've learned so much from these mistakes. They're, they're more learning lessons to me. Um, so uh, just, just having that mindset going in and not getting frustrated and closing down the entire business because of one bad flip that goes wrong, I think it's extremely important. I didn't want to close the business down because of one bad <laughs> We'll get to that in a minute. All right. So the first one I want to talk about, we're going to call this Marshall. So Marshall is a property that we bought in a pretty good area of St. Louis. We bought this probably three or four years ago. I'll kind of uh, uh, tee it up and let you take over. We yeah. bought it and we fixed it up. 
it did not have a bathroom on the first floor. It had a bathroom on the second floor and in a weird little basement. We didn't think too much of it. You can probably figure it out where we screwed up right yeah. there. But anyways, we didn't uh, we didn't really think too much of it. I thought it's a hot area. It's going to sell. The market's pretty good. This was several years ago before the market you know, got really hot. But it was just a nice house that didn't have a bathroom on the first floor that we did a decent rehab on. Yeah. So, you know, we, we were thought we were golden with this house, right? It's a, it's a 250 house once it's all fixed up and it needs about 30 grand to get to that 250. And we were able to get this house for 140,000, right? Yeah, that's a big spread that's there a for a big quick spread. Rehab. So buy it for 140, which we did, executed our rehab that we wanted to do pretty well, uh, put in 30 grand and listed this thing for $259,000. So we're into it for 170, listed for 259. We're like, we are golden. We are in the profit. Right? In it to win it, bro. In it to win it. So um, that's what we thought. And then showings started happening and the feedback kept being, hey, you don't have a main level bathroom. We're, and we, we just kept saying, so, so what? Go upstairs to go pee. Go downstairs in the creepy cellar to go pee. But um, the more, yeah. And so, so we're just like, okay, let's just keep dropping the price. So we dropped it to 249 after uh, three weeks. Another three weeks passed, same feedback, dropped it to 239. Another three weeks passed, dropped it to 229. And then we're like, all right, this isn't working. We have to do something else. And then we went back in and put an extra 20 grand or so in to put a main floor half bath in a kind of funky place in the main floor. Honestly, it was the best place you could, but just to throw a main uh, half bath on a main floor usually doesn't go super well, right? So spent another 20 grand doing that and some other stuff around the house. And, and, and by the time it's all said and done, you know, we spent way more on this project than we wanted to spend. We sold it for way less than we thought. We owned this thing for like 16 months, I think. So all that hard money costs, all those holding costs really start to add up when your projects aren't fast. So um, all said and done, we lost about $30,000 on this project. Yeah, so not the end of the world, but it was not good. Luckily, we had, you know, some business income and some reserves built up to kind of weather that storm, but to kind of defend uh, or not defend us, but kind of to talk through that a little bit, we a couple of things happened that I remember as we're just talking now. When we bought the property, there was road construction going on. Yeah. And it was so it was, you know, whatever, that'll be done soon. That's going to be great. The road's going to be have a nice, you know, curb on it and sidewalk. But after that got done, it was a busy freaking road. And I, I remember some of the feedback was, you know, hey, the road is too busy, you know, got kids. And so like looking at things besides, you know, just the tactical, like, oh, it's a beautiful house in a beautiful area. No, somebody's got to live there. They got, they got kids going to be running around the front yard. The road's busy. The road's busy. They got to back out a lot of times on mm -hmm. that busy road. Um, there's not a bathroom on the main floor. People don't want to go upstairs, especially with little kids. You know, they're hanging out downstairs that they got to go upstairs or even even if they don't have little kids, if they're older, they don't want to go upstairs just to go pee or poop, as I said earlier. So or downstairs is that creepy cellar. So, um, yeah, I think we just didn't put ourselves in the shoes of the buyer and that along with just us thinking we were shit, the hot shit didn't work out very well. Yeah, we're us. just looking at the numbers, that huge profit spread. Right. And uh, the layout of the lot and the house and the functionality is, is so important. And that's the lesson that we learned with this house. And we, we take that into account in every house that we rehab uh, and buy uh, going forward. Especially in a market that's not crazy hot. Honestly, a couple of years ago, 2020, 2021, 
we would have sold it for more and probably broke even or made a little bit of money yeah. and maybe not learned from our mistakes. But this was 2017, 18 timeframe. The market was just pretty normal. And you have to think of that kind of stuff. You got to think through the seller uh, or I guess through the buyer uh, when you're selling the property. Sure. So Marshall, that was the only fix and flip that we screwed up, right? No, this one, this one was a couple years before that. We didn't learn a lesson from this one either. Yeah. We're going to call this one Pequeno. This is the street that that was on. And this one was a $185,000 house. That's what it was going to be worth fixed up for sure. That's what the neighborhood called for. It was a little bit bigger than other houses in the neighborhood, but it needed a lot of work. It had a huge, the worst, besides like an actual foundation falling in, some of the worst foundational issues I've ever seen. And the house needed a complete gut top to bottom, a huge rehab that uh, we probably shouldn't have taken on. And if we took it on, we executed extremely poorly. Why don't you talk a little bit about the numbers and then we'll talk about how bad we screwed up. Sounds good. So yeah, we uh, we bought this house for $80,000. And uh, like Sam said, it's a huge rehab, huge rehab, uh, probably 50 grand on the main level. And this is a ranch house. So the main level was a four bedroom, two bath. So a great setup for for any family in, the, in this area. Um, in the basement, like Sam talked about, I had pretty bad foundation issues probably spent 20 grand just fixing the foundation um going forward we don't we don't really rehab houses with extreme foundation issues so that is one lesson learned but uh we fixed the foundation got a warranty did it right uh but after that it was kind of scary looking so we decided to finish the basement right um like this house wasn't big enough already so we finished the basement and we decided to add a basement bedroom and bathroom why not I mean, yeah, four bedrooms, why not five? You know what I mean? But the problem was there was no five bedrooms in this neighborhood. Uh, there was no house with this much square finished square footage in this neighborhood. So we, do, finishing the basement and doing the rehab that we did, we priced ourselves out of the neighborhood comparable. So even though we thought it was should be worth way more than every other house that sold, um, the market specifically told us that it was not. Yeah, I remember thinking, this is a good school district. We're going to have some family that's got a, you know, four kids and they're going to want to get in this school district. And, you know, usually that size house would be $300,000 to get a, a huge family. But they're going to like trying to like back your way into a specific type scenario that requires a specific buyer. That's never going to work. Yeah. And that that's what we did on this one. And we should not have uh, even messed with it in the first place. But I remember that foundation was so scary. We did it all right. We got a lifetime warranty. Yeah. We took pictures before, during, after the repairs. We didn't hide a darn thing, but people walking downstairs, we didn't want them to see it. And we actually, we actually ended up selling it a couple of times for our asking of like, I think it was around 230, 240 is what we asked. So we could make a little bit of money on it. And the people liked it. They liked the house. It was a beautiful house, beautiful finishes. But I think they got to talk into their lenders and the banks and everything. And they're like, we're not financing this house. Mm -hmm. This is not worth this at all. It's not going to praise out. So we had two people back out. We ended up dropping the price a couple of times. I think we sold it for a little less than 200. And we, yeah. how much did we end up making on it? Yeah, just I'll go over all the numbers real quick. Just bought it for 80, spent 100 on this, which is another learning lesson. We were not good at $100,000 rehabs. We like, to, we like to stick to that 40 um, Twenty to fifty thousand dollar in that in that range. Um, so we're into it for one eighty, listed for two thirty nine. Again, great spread. We're gonna make a killing on this. We're gonna make forty grand, whatever. Um, that was not the case. Uh, ended up dropping the price to twenty nine. 
2019-209, and we ended up accepting an offer for, I think, $198,000. And after holding costs and hard money costs and all that, we, we ended up losing about $25,000 on this house. Yeah, so nothing like earth-shattering, but that's twenty five grand, especially for people, most people that do this and get started. That's kind of a side hustle for them. They're going to have to dig into their savings or something. Yeah. To yeah, it's just not ideal. And there's there's so many learning lessons on this house. Do you mind if we dive in just a couple more? Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay, so uh, nowadays we we professionally stage our house, houses and they look amazing and they help sell houses. I don't care what anybody says. Stage your rehab, stage your flips. Um, this particular one, we tried to go the cheap route and found some local company on Facebook or something, and they staged it all right. Gosh. But it looked like, uh, no offense to to my, my grandmother, rest in peace, but it looked like a grandma's house. Like that's what it looked like when we bought it. It was it was all this dated furniture and staging, and I I walked in the house and I almost fainted. So we had to go in and like physically remove stuff and restage it ourselves, and we're not design guy. So that was a challenge. Um, and then you remember that busy road in back? Another road. So it had a nice back, big backyard, but the backyard back to a pretty busy road. Um, so with no fence, I don't believe. So we thought that we could go in <laughs> and plant trees that grew fast along that road and it would create this automatic like shelter for us. And Man, we, we struggled with those trees so bad. I was going out there on weekends, like watering them, trying to get them to grow. Dude. So another learn, lots of learning lessons with this house. Yeah, they were like long, skinny trees that were supposed to grow fast. But how fast did we think they were going to freaking grow? <laughs> I was doing so much research on the fastest growing trees, but uh, not fast enough. Not even close. And and just, you know, the staging and just everything was poorly executed. I remember walking into the open house because I did the open house on that one. And like... The drapes. There was like there was like drapes and like curtains and like blind. They like installed like six things on these door, these windows, made them look small, no light. It was it was really really bad. I think what happened was maybe they had their grandma pass away. They just took her crap and put it in yeah. our house. Like who yeah. knows? It, it was not not ideal. So again, it you know nothing earth shattering, but we executed it extremely poorly. Yeah, looking back on it, losing only twenty five grand on on all these learning lessons or, or failures or mistakes, whatever you want to call them, uh, is probably a blessing. Uh, and I think where people get into a lot of trouble is, you know, there's, there's, you know, if you're in this game long enough, there's going to be a deal you lose money on and holding on to those deals for too long. Cause you think it's worth this, but the market's telling you this, that's where you get in trouble so at, at some point or another, you're going to have to sell that house and cut your losses and move on. Yep, my, I'm not crying. I promise. My eyes are just watering. That's that's these deep rooted memories are making me cry, oh, Lucas. It was so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're getting ready to talk about the one that made me text Lucas. We're done with real estate. Let's just go back to our day jobs, or let's let's stay yeah. to our day jobs. Um, but before I do, uh, we're getting ready to talk about our twenty thousand dollar giveaway. Let's just leave it at that. We're doing two twenty thousand dollar giveaways. I like how you keep raising the value of our giveaway every episode. Well, that's I, it's probably worth more than twenty. Maybe probably twenty five next episode. Maybe thirty. Love it. All right. So this one, this was two thousand. We're like going backwards in time. This was probably 2016, 17 time frame. This is Lucas and I were pretty new to real estate. Had a few rentals, not a ton, and we looked at a package of three houses. Yep. And Two of them were in rougher areas than we'd ever owned today. Not horrible houses, just not the best areas. And one of them was a great house at a great deal. The only way that we were able to take down and get the really good deal we wanted was to buy two 
crappier houses. Yep. So we did it. We said, let's take this really nice one and let's take these other two, you know, kind of rough ones and let's just kind of put some money into them or sell them and just break even or make a little bit of money. But we got this golden goose um, that, you know, we're going to make a lot of money on. For sure. Yeah. The, and the golden goose plan for that one house of the three pack was to um, fix it up and sell it and, mm-hmm. and make some profit that way, um, which we did, which worked out pretty solid. Right. But the other two were tenant occupied. And they're the first tenant occupied houses we ever bought. Uh, and to create value in tenant occupied houses using the Burr strategy, which we were doing at the time, uh, is challenging, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you got to buy it at such a discount. And even then, sometimes your lender won't give you 80% of appraisal because uh, that's going to be more more than likely uh, co- more than the cost that you have total in the property. So we bought these tenant occupied houses. We didn't touch them. And then we sent them to the bank, said they're worth this. They sent out an appraisal. I talked to the appraiser. I was like, hey, just go. Just go there and then tell me what you think later. Um, So he goes, the tenant shows him around, probably showed him everything that was wrong with the property. Showed him the leaking sinks, leaky sinks, uh, leaky windows, leaky roof. I don't don't know if that happened, but um, it was not a good idea to not be there. So we get the appraisals back on these properties and they come in less than what we bought them for. That is not the ideal strategy for the burrs, is it? It is not ideal, no. No. What's what's our what's our normal formula that we buy houses? Yeah, at? so to kind of take a, yeah, a step back to explain how bad that was, for simple math, our goal was to buy them for 75, have them worth 100, and the bank gives us a loan for 80% of 100. So the bank gives us a loan for $80,000, and we pay back the person we borrowed the 75 grand from. That was like our goal. They were less expensive houses than that. But what happened was in that scenario, we bought them for 75, hoping to get a hundred thousand dollar appraisal. We got like a $65,000 yeah. appraisal. Like, so- How's that possible? We really messed this one up. So, um, that, that was, that was challenging. Um, we really didn't know how to navigate that situation. Um, so with, with those numbers and us executing the refinance, instead of getting all of our money back to us, we had to come to closing on those two properties with about $20,000. Yeah, $20,000 that the business definitely did not have at that point, and it would have had to have been personal $20,000 to us. So fortunately, lesson learned, I think you can figure where we screwed up, but kind of one of the shining moments of this was, well, I guess one more step back. I texted Lucas when we got those appraisals back. Yeah. I was like, bro, I guess we'll figure out the 20 grand. Like, let's, you know, we'll go back to our job. This real estate thing was fun. We probably had three or four rentals at the time. Like, it's been a good run. It's been, it's been a good run, bro. We gave it our all, <laughs> but we done. Let's figure out different business to start. Yeah. Um, and you were like, take a step back. We'll figure it out. We talked to a small local bank, which I always tell people to go build relationships with. And what we were able to do in this, Lucas can kind of maybe tie up the loose ends a little bit, yeah. was we were able to pull out some equity from our current properties. We had a handful, like I said, three, four, five, maybe properties, maybe a couple more than that. But there was equity built in those properties. What they were worth, which what we owed, there was a decent chunk of difference because they'd gone up in value a little bit, even in a couple of years. So the small local bank that we had great relationship with, you know, basically told us, you know, we will allow you to take some of the equity from those other properties yeah. so you don't have to come with this table as much. We came with the table a little bit. We ended up selling them and yeah. not keeping them and um, sold them for, you know, probably what we bought them for or yeah. close to it. I think a little more. So we ended up making a little money and just washing our hands and moving on. Yeah. So we learned, but we were able to basically, we ended up just selling them multiple extra strategies, yeah. which is great because we did make them a little bit nicer. And then we ended up, um, you know, we ended up just 
leaning on that relationship with that small local yep. bank to get creative and get us out of a sticky situation. So, so two huge learning lessons there for me is, um, you know, buying tenant, occu- tenant occupied houses, which we still do to this day. But if you do so, make sure you're at a big enough discount where you're able to recoup all your money on the back end. Uh, even if we do buy tenant occupied houses this day, we still like to find a way to add value to that house somehow. If it's occupied, someone living inside, a lot of times it's exterior improvements like a roof, siding, windows, driveway, something like that. Uh, we didn't do anything to these. So it was very challenging for the appraiser to give us the number we were we were looking for. And the, the mistake number two, which we never made that mistake again to this day, is we didn't meet the appraiser at the property. Uh, meet the appraiser at the property, come prepared with what you've done to the property, what you bought it for, what you think it's worth, maybe some comps to back your opinion up and uh, just build a relationship with that appraiser. Because if you're doing this over and over and build a portfolio, chances are you're probably going to see that appraiser again somewhere down the line. Yeah. If you don't get your appraiser, you don't need to yell at them or, you know, they're going to eventually probably appraise another property for you. For sure. just, Just do your best to make the best out of a bad situation. So the giveaway I just talked about. So we learned our lessons for the most part. We lost little bit of money. We still lose money every once in a while, but not very often. Overall, I feel like we've been pretty good about losing money and making mistakes. Most of our mistakes we make, we can still make a profit on and Mm -hmm. learn from. But the giveaway I just talked about, what it is, it is two sets of all-inclusive tickets. So we're giving away two of these giveaways. Um, You can win it and you can bring a friend or a spouse and somebody else is going to win it and bring a friend or a spouse. We're going to fly you to St. Louis to our office from wherever you are in the country. We're going to pay for the hotel. We're going to play for the flight there. We're going to pay for the flight home. We're going to go out to dinner or a Cardinals game, depending what time of year. We're going to do some fun things. We're going to have fun. We're going to get to know you. We're going to hang out. We're pretty fun to hang out with. Maybe have a Tito's. A show. A show. And Then we're also going to talk business all day. You're going to be able to attend our meetings. You're going to learn about real estate, learn about, you know, creating wealth, ask questions or whatever you want. You're going to, we're going to show, peel back the curtains to whatever we do all day, every day. Take your shirt off. I'm going to peel, (laughs) I'll do whatever. No, we're not, that's not that type of show. Um, But anyways, it's going to be a huge, huge um, giveaway. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I mean, if someone were to pay for the tickets, the hotel, pay for our time you know, pay to go to the game or whatever we do that night, pay for a really fancy dinner. It would be fifteen, twenty thousand dollars So it is, that's a pretty, it's not, we're never going to know the number, but it's a pretty accurate number. Yeah. Very All right. cool. I'm going to tell you how you win it here in a second. So basically to summarize, you're going to fail, but fail forward. It's okay to make mistakes and fall and screw up, but fall going forward so that you're learning. You're not like falling back and, you know, you know, taking that in and giving up, just fail, but fail forward. Yeah. And get that, get that mindset, right. Just knowing that failing is going to happen and uh, be strong enough mentally to push through it, to get you, uh, to make you better on the back end. Uh, Just, just almost welcome it. Like, Hey, I'm going to fail. It's okay. What can I learn from this? How can I get stronger? So get that mindset, right. To push through those failures. Yeah. Failure is a part of success. That's a lot of analogies I do with trying to think of social media content all the time, but it's almost like failure is a prerequisite. That's a tough one. I said it prerequisite. Did great to succeeding. You're not going to succeed unless you fail. I promise. I yep. promise. I promise. Every successful person you can think of, whether you look up to your parents or your boss or another real estate investor or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or or me and you. Yep. Um, Regardless who you look up to, I promise, I promise they failed and they failed a lot. The more that they succeeded, the more they failed. So just in my mind, knowing that this person you look up to 
failed a ton, just you're in the room, you're in good company. You're in a company of failures yeah. who succeeded. So just knowing and having that mindset that failure is okay is, I think, a huge thing that's kind of hard for people to wrap their arms around. But once they do it, it can really open the doors. Yeah, and if, if someone you look up to or thought you looked up to say they've never failed before, run. Stop looking up to them. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Awesome. So how you win this $40,000, $100,000, kidding, how you win this giveaway valued at around $20,000 on this episode is all you have to do is subscribe to this podcast and give us a five-star review. 15, 20, 30 seconds to win up to $20,000 worth of value, I think is a pretty good deal. So I hope that you continue to watch this. I hope to see you here in St. Louis, and I hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes, along with all our social media handles, so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.